I always loved that song and never realized it was Psalm 103 being sung until now that I'm preaching Psalm 103. I was like, I know those words. Praise God for that. So, so glad to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, each Thanksgiving Eve is a sweet service because it really does help us stop. Because things are going to get crazy probably when you get home tonight. Things will get crazy tomorrow. And then that Friday comes, the Black Friday. And that's going to be a crazy time. And, and oh, how appropriate it is for us to just stop and just give thanks to the Lord. Uh, today we're, we're opening up Psalm 103. We're going to look at this psalm and see how we are called to give thanks to the Lord. And what I pray is that as we leave today, that we would be bursting at the seams with thankfulness in our hearts. So that's the image I want you to be thinking of, to be bursting at the seams. Because what we're going to look at is a litany of reasons to thank God. And my prayer is that there will be at least one on this list that just grabs you in a sweet way and fills your cup and just causes thankfulness to pour out from your mouths. And, you know, we recognize that today as we think of reasons to be thankful, there are many of you here today who come with all sorts of different kinds of burdens. Um, all, all kinds of burdens, financial, relational, um, housing, living arrangements. I mean, all sorts of burdens. And, and many of your problems are just they're so real and they're so uh, in, before you. And it's kind of hard to even think, how can I be thankful? And I want to let you know that you can be bursting at the seams today with thankfulness to God. Just reminded as we're singing, Blessed be the name of, Blessed be the Lord. Think about Job. He had lost everything. All was taken from him. And in Job chapter 1, he says, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then it says, He bowed and worshipped. And Job, in the awfulness of his life, still was bursting at the seams with worship. And I pray that God would do the same for you this, morning, or this evening um, as we look at Psalm 103. Would you turn your Bibles there if you have it with you? Psalm 103. I'm going to begin reading verses 1 and 2. I'm going to pause there. So would you follow along with me as I read? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. I love how David starts out this psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. To bless God is to give praise to Him. It's to, to issue uh, thanksgiving to Him, to worship Him. That's what we're called, to bless the Lord. And David tells his soul, bless the Lord, O my soul. And I'm kind of picturing David standing almost like watching his soul apart from himself and telling his soul to praise God. Soul, you have many reasons to praise God, so won't you praise Him? That's what David's saying. Bless the Lord, O my soul. My soul, praise God. Bless Him. Bless His holy name. He tells us so, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. And I think about all that is who we are. With our minds, we are called to praise God. With our hearts, with our lips, and with our actions, we are to praise God. And, you know, we can't be those who, who can say, well, I want to I praise God in my mind, so I'm thinking about praising Him, but never let, never let it come out of our lips. That's, that's not all that is within me. All that's within me is to, to, with all that we are, praise God. And David says we are to praise God 
we are to bless His holy name. And when we think of God's name, it refers to His, his qualities, His attributes. If you ever wanted to do uh, work in your house, you know, renovate the kitchen or, or get your car done, you want to go with somebody who has a good name, a good reputation. Because a name represents quality. And here David says we can bless God's holy name because His name is trustworthy. Proverbs says that the the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and are safe because in God's person we can find refuge. And that's a reason to bless the Lord. And then David tells him, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Don't forget the things that God has done. Don't forget. You know, we're so prone to forget. I know I am. Even good things in our life, good memories, we tend to forget them. I mean, think of some sweet times in your life and you're just trying to think, I remember scenarios, but I don't remember it well. Just the other day, me and Erica were looking at videos of our kids um, from when they were newborns. And as much as I try my best to remember Keziah and Lucas's birth, it's just, it's, they're, they're memories, but they're faint. And it's only five years ago for Keziah and three for Luke. And it's still hard to remember. And they're good memories. They're sweet memories. But I need videos to jog my memory because I'm prone to forget. And that's how we are. We're just, we're prone to forget. We're we're finite beings. We forget even good things. And David's pleading with his soul saying, Soul, do not forget all of God's benefits, all his blessings. Now when we think of benefits, don't think of your your, uh, health benefits at work. Because that's based on a contract. You go work your hours and you receive benefits in return. And, and that's not how God deals with us. We'll see later, in fact, He doesn't give us what we deserve. And that's His mercy. But God's benefits are His blessings that He pours on His children in abundance. In fact, that's something we must keep in mind. Is that these benefits David's about to lay out are strictly for his children, for God's children. Look at verse 13. As a father shows compassion to his children... So the Lord shows compassion on anybody? No. To those who fear Him. So all the benefits that David's about to to lay out for us, they're directed to those who fear the Lord. Those who revere Him as their God, who worship Him, who surrender all of who they are to Him. And there's a picture in Scripture that, that God is our master and we are His slave, but He's a good master. But here, David even goes at the picture of fatherhood, as a father shows compassion to his children. And that's how God is. Yes, he is our master, we are his slaves, we will do whatever he tells us to. But he still sees us as his children. And praise God for that, that delicate nature of how God works with us, his people. So David lays out the benefits, and lays out five right in a row. He says, do not forget all his benefits, O my soul. Which ones? Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? From the start, David says, remember that it is God who forgives all your iniquities. Iniquities, those are the sins that that bring forth, uh, the reminder that brings forth guilt and that we ought to be punished. And David says, God has forgiven that. God has forgiven you of all of your sins. Not a priest, 
not your works. It is God who forgives. And we are to bless the Lord because He has forgiven us for our sins. He also has healed us from all our diseases. And what David is pointing to is the fact that healing comes from God. We can look to all sorts of reasons. When we see healing happen, we can say the doctor, we can say the medicine, we can say the vitamins, we can say health. But at the end of the day, David says, it's God. And these are instruments that God uses to show his might and his love towards those who fear him. In verse 4, another benefit is that God redeems your life from the pit. I mean, you ever think of people when they say, you know, my life is the pits right now. To be in the pit is to be in a place in a depth that you cannot come out of. In fact, throughout the Bible, the pit is often synonymous with death itself. If you are in a pit, you are flirting with death. And that is our situation apart from God. And David says, God has redeemed you from that pit. He has pulled you out of there. He has given redemption for you. And if pulling you out wasn't enough, what does he do next? He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The crown represents dignity and worth and value. And just think of the reversal that just happens there when we trust God. We who are in a pit, wallowing in our iniquities, God redeems us from it and gives us a crown showing our worth in his eyes. Furthermore, God satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And what sweet pictures of how God in his mercy directs his blessings toward us. So when David starts out, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. He's saying, look at all that God has laid before us. From forgiveness to healing, to redemption, to crowning, to satisfying. This is your God. My soul, bless His holy name. Worship Him. And as we think about Thanksgiving today, I pray that you would begin to burst at the seams to consider how you were in that pit. How you were the one without value in the world's eyes. And God has crowned you with dignity. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And David goes on to lay out God's radical nature, his radical compassion. Look at verse 6. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. I mean, God has a, a specific and detailed concern for those who are oppressed. And he's praised for that. We see his radical compassion. We see his radical mercy. Look at verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses. His acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. And there's that other sweet reminder. God doesn't give us what we deserve. And that's, that's mercy. That's the abundance of God's mercy that we can praise Him for today, no matter what our circumstances are like. Because the reality is this, that when we forget God's benefits, it becomes like poison to our soul, and it kills a heart of gratitude. Forgetfulness kills a heart of gratitude. And so when we remember all that the Lord has done, regardless of our external circumstances, 
our hearts will well up and burst at the seams of thankfulness. You know, remembering God's benefits also protects us because if we start looking at our external circumstances and all the reasons we could not be thankful for, it leads us down a path of, of despair, a path of, of frustration, of anger, of resentment. And remembering God's benefits redeems us from that and fills us with gratitude. And David is just pleading with his soul to remember God's, God's radical compassion, His radical mercy, and God's forgiveness. Look at verse 11. These, these pictures that David uses here. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love toward those who fear Him. How far above is the heavens from the earth? Measure it. And David's like, you can't measure it. That's, that's how God's love is. That, that's how God's steadfast love towards those who fear Him is. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. You know, it's a lie of the enemy to, to want to make us think that we are unforgivable or unredeemable. And what David is saying here, measure the span of east to west. You can't do it. That's how God deals with our, our sins. He removes them. He forgives us. And let your heart well up with thankfulness. God forgives you. God has forgiven you. We see God's radical compassion, His mercy, His forgiveness, and then His love. Look at the picture in verse 14. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, His days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him, and His righteousness to His children's children. Verse 18, to those who keep His covenant and remember to do His commandments. Look at the description He gives of the human existence in verses 14 and 15 and 16. That we are but dust. We are like grass. We are like a flower that flourishes and the wind comes over it and it's gone and its place knows it no more. Just this morning, if you got up early, you saw the fog this morning and it was, it was a crazy sight. I mean, I, I was riding my bike and I was just thinking like, I feel like I'm entering into this nothingness. And by our house, there's a cemetery. And I, and I was biking down this cemetery and I just stopped and I was just gripped with a picture. I looked into the cemetery. I could see tombstones, but I could see the fog as well. And some of the stones were visible and some were not because the fog was so weighty. And I'm remembering James 4 when James says, Our life is but a vapor. So here I have this picture of vapor and then tombstones to remind us that these lives were but vapor. I mean, this is, this is how brief this life of ours is. It's, it's here and it's gone like a mist. And look how David contrasts our lives with God's love. Look at verse 17. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him. Though our lives are brief and will be forgotten, God's steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting. It goes deeper than even the shortness of our lives. So just pause for a moment. Let's think about the dozens, the hundreds of people who sat in your seats over the last 100 years? How many of their names are remembered? How many stories are remembered? 
And think about the last 100, 200, 300,000 years. The reality is most of us will be forgotten in eternity. And yet, the God of this universe loves you with a specific, steadfast, from everlasting to everlasting kind of love. I mean, that is intimate and personal. That, that's, that's bursting at the seams kind of stuff that makes us just fill with gratefulness to God. God, you love me like that? Humanity will forget me, but God, you won't even forget me. David is awed by God's radical love towards people who will be forgotten, like a flower in a field is forgotten after it's gone. But God remembers us. You know, David comes to a conclusion in this psalm. You know, he started out just pleading with his soul to bless the Lord. Saying, soul, just bless God. Look at all that he's done for you. Look at all he's done. Look at who he is. And then he just recounts one after another of all God's blessings towards his children. And it's like he comes to the end of this psalm and he's like, I, I want someone to join me in this praising. You know, as, as a preacher, sometimes you say, you know, can I get an amen here? Because you, you're saying something and you're like, I'm believing this. Are you believing it like me? Can I get an amen? You know, and it's like David's coming to that at the end of his psalm. And look at verse 20. He, he, he doesn't want to just bless the Lord by himself. He says, bless the Lord, oh, you his angels. You his mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. He, he's pleading to the heavenly hosts. He continues on, verse 21, bless the Lord, all his hosts. His ministers who do His will. David's saying, all you angelic beings, join with me in what I'm doing here. Because God is worthy to be praised. And as if, if David and the angelic beings were not enough, look at verse 22. Bless the Lord all of His works. All of creation. Bless the Lord in all places of His dominion. Where are the places of God's dominion? It's everywhere. And David is pleading with all of creation, bless the Lord. And he concludes with that, bless the Lord, O my soul. And my hope and prayer is that we would just reflect on all God's benefits. How he forgives all your iniquities. He's forgiven all of your iniquities. He has healed all your diseases. He's redeemed your life from the pit. He's crowned you with steadfast love and mercy. He satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's God acting toward you, his child. Though brief and seemingly insignificant on the scale of eternity, God loves you with that specific kind of love. In just a few moments, we're going to have a time for sharing. Pastor Ralph's going to lead us in that. And just right now, as we begin to still our hearts, I want you to, to reach down deep inside and just pull out, pull out all the reasons you have to thank the Lord this, morning, this evening. We used to say this morning. And we, we want to hear about it. I'm reminded Psalm 34. The psalmist says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And he's, 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 he's telling everyone, join, let's join together in the praises. And so if you've, you've got praises, I know you've got them. And, and then we want you to come and share those praises. And let us all magnify the Lord together as we hear about how he specifically touched your heart where you're at in life. So let's bow our hearts, bow our heads.